Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your new announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic Teaneck, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by special guest, special guest, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com and uh, in Arkansas and bringing us today's topic of dream divination. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk practices, folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn just a lot by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but let's first catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat. Hi, Clifford. It's so nice to hear you be an announcer. I find this very amusing. <laughs> um, those of you who don't know Cliff or Clifford, or Clifford Hartley Lowe. Um, he and I have been friends since the 90s. We met on the Internet. And um, as he mentioned to me right before the show started, I knew Tiagi before I knew you. Tiagi being the former oh. name of Nagashiva. Um, so, yes, he knew he knew Tiagi Nagashiva around the time when I met Tiagi Nagashiva. And um, Clifford was part of the early adopters in the occult world of Usenet, uh, sort of a free-for-all part of the Internet where we could all converse with one another and and have unmoderated discourse. And I first got to know Clifford because he wrote a memoir, beautifully written memoir, of an experience, a series of experiences he had in the goth subculture in uh, New York, New Jersey, with, um, I guess you would call it a little homebrewed cult. And I don't want to get into the details, but I was so impressed with his writing about this that I immediately began looking up all the people, some of whom were still online. It was all beginning to unravel right when I found out about it. And I thought, Clifford Lowe is a guy to follow because he's such a good writer and such a good thinker. And I found out later he was an astrologer and he's a tarot reader and we've become friends. And then a little ways into it, I finally found his picture once things like that were made possible when the web started. And I went, oh, my God, he looks just like my Uncle Otto, my Uncle Bruno, and my Uncle Ugo, <laughs> who all looked like they were triplets, but they were brothers. <laughs> and I thought, that is freakish. And he had the last name Lowe, which is a name in my family, it exists both as Lowe and Lowy, And it traces back to Prague and to Rabbi Lowe. And I thought, oh, my God, I think we're related. And it turned out we were related. Now, as as Contraman said right before we went on, 
he goes, oh, you're related to all your cousins. You have so many cousins. But there really only are two of them that I know in this community, the other one being Dr. Jeremy Weiss. And Dr. Jeremy Weiss is also related to Clifford Lowe. But Clifford bears the Lowe name. So <laughs> there you go. Welcome to our show as our announcer, Clifford. It's, welcome, I, welcome. I hope I did you proud with that announcement. <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful and very flattering. Thank you very, very much. I'm yes, a little nervous. Well, this is my first time out as an announcer, but thank you. Well, I'm glad Clifford to have has, you. Yeah, we're glad <laughs> to have you, Cliff. And Clifford has presented at PantheaCon and at Convocation and other um, pagan slash neo-pagan um, groups where he has always been sort of the representative of folk magic and sometimes of darker magic and um, has even gotten into hot water in, with some of the all light all the time pagans, you know, um, mm. and uh, because he talks about uh, other things and he's uh, taken my class in uh, hoodoo and root work. And I hope to encourage him to join hoodoo psychics and air at some point, but here we are with Clifford. So Clifford, follow along. And um, we'll we'll uh, forgive you um, your stumbles as you forgive those who stumble against you. Because <laughs> I know this is your first time, and I know you know it's a little tense. Um, yeah, and Doc Murphy says in the chat, sounds like my kind of pagan pal. Yes, I think <laughs> I think uh, Doc Murphy, you and Clifford Lowe would have a lot to discuss. Um, He's also historically minded, and as you are, and also very educated and intellectual and just totally cool. Thank you. All right. Now, uh, this is um, our first week of the month, so this is our oracle hour. Mm -hmm. And for those who are wondering, because I usually do a little catch-up what I'm doing, I'm going to cover it in one sentence because I talked about Clifford. One sentence, sorting business cards while doing readings on hoodoo psychics <laughs> and air. Okay, that's it. That was my week. Many, many, many readings. I've sorted thousands of business cards. We haven't even made a dent in the first of the five boxes. It just goes on and on and on. But I have found a few more psychic reader business cards, and I've found some other very cool business cards. So that's what that is. Um, now, we have the Oracle Hour, and as always, this is brought to us by Conjurman's Brain. And so Conjurman <laughs> decided that we would be doing dream interpretation, and this is a wide-open topic. So everybody gather around, pull your chairs up around the little campfire, <laughs> and we're going to talk about dreams. And I'm going to, as usual, give my little intro. So... Um, and Elvira is our guest who's going to be talking about dreams. We're going to bring her on also. But I just want to start off by talking about dream interpretation. So dream interpretation has a long, long history. It can be found as early as recorded history in almost every civilization. There are ancient Chinese dream books. There are accounts of Native American dream interpretations that predate written languages among Native Americans that were recorded by a Catholic uh, priests who were trying to convert Native Americans to Catholicism, but they wrote down what those people thought about their dreams because it was a little different what than they, the Europeans, thought about dreams. Um, one of the most interesting ones to me is the Seneca of um, 
northeast, they had a belief that a dream could be a warning. And if a person dreamed of danger or hurt or damage, that would be taken as an, um, a meaning that you should create an amulet or charm that would provide a solution to the problem. And an example was given, my favorite example, a little girl. Everyone would gather around at breakfast around the campfire, and they would tell their dreams. Everyone told their dreams if they had one. And this priest witnessed this. A little girl said that she dreamed she was in a canoe on the river, and she had no paddle, and she was frightened, and she was afraid she was going to drown. So while she was telling the story, someone carved her a little paddle out of wood, and drilled a little hole in it and gave it to her as a necklace to wear. Now you'll never go anywhere without your paddle. So this extended dreams into amulets and talismans in the Native American tradition. There are traditions of written dream books, as I mentioned, and I want to especially point out their connection to hoodoo. So the most popular dream book in hoodoo is called Aunt Sally's Policy Player Dream Book, and it has a picture of an old African woman, American woman uh, dressed as in slavery-era clothes with a tignon tied around her head, and she's holding up a card that says 41144, which means bet the lottery. And this was about playing policy, but this book actually dates back to the time when slavery still existed. And... I wanted to just point out that it's very self-damaging to open up a dream book and read about yourself and find that you are a negative dream image. But in this case, mm-hmm. there is no um, there's no entry. These entries in the book are alphabetical, you know, shovel, shroud, silence, sisters. They're just alphabetical. And then there are numbers for betting. There is no entry for black person or... Moor or Negro in this book, but there is an entry for slaves because at that time that would have been meant black slaves. And the entry for slaves in Aunt Sally's, which is this mid-19th century dream book, is to dream of having slaves denotes loss. Bet 14, 54, and 57. Now, the idea that dreaming of slaves would denote loss is part of the old reversal in which the dream means the opposite of what it looks like. This is a very folkloric thing. If you dream of um, a funeral, you'll have a wedding. If you dream of a wedding, you'll have a funeral. That kind of thing is reversal. It's a very simple form of dream interpretation. It's quite common. Now, I want to go to the King Tut dream book. This dream book came out in the 1920s. And it's also a policy player dream book. It's called King Tut Dream Book Policy Player and Fortune Teller. And I have a copy that was put out by the Wholesale Book Corporation, but this is a reprint. Um, And it says this is the only copyright edition. It's from 1966, but the book actually came out in the 20s and had fallen into the public domain. And so here we have either a what I would call a late 19th or early 20th century To dream of a Negro or Moor, to dream of seeing one denotes sorrow, grief, and damage. And your number to bet is 34. So this is similar to Aunt Sally's, and it is, again, very a a very depressing sort of idea. Then we have the Lucky Star Dream Book. This was put out by Herbert Gladstone Paris in the 1920s. 
he, he worked under the name of Professor Kanji, as in conjure, conjuration. He was African-American. He was a friend of Dr. E.P. Reed, who I've written about, the uh, well-known black pharmacist, first black pharmacist I know of, and an astrologer and herb doctor and root doctor. And I know they knew each other because um, Dr. E.P. Reed, among his artifacts left in his office, were um, posters offering Professor Kanji's books for sale. So they obviously were dealing with each other uh, in a mercantile way. Now, Professor Kanji was what was called a race man, and that means someone who wanted to support black people and get them on an equal footing with white people in society. We would call call it a civil rights advocate, but it went a little farther than that in that he believed that black people should only buy insurance from black people, only shop at black grocery stores, buy gasoline at a black service station. And so his idea was to create a segregated world, since segregation was the law, in which black people were prosperous. He was not convinced that integration was going to work, and in some extent, he's been right. But uh, he really worked very hard to promote the idea that black people were equal. And so he wrote here that, that uh, and this is the beginning of his book, where there were hills years ago, there are now streams. So the meaning of dreams changes likewise. The definition of dreams 100 years ago would not do for this present age. It is Professor Kanji's desire to give a close and new interpretation of dreams of this present age. And so he rewrote the old traditional 19th century dream books. And among others, if to dream of a Negro, to dream of one denotes joy and much happiness, followed by years of peace and prosperity, surrounded by loving and peaceful, sincere friends. This is an excellent dream to all. Now, it's up to you which dream book you follow. And many people follow a dream book in which whoever they are is well interpreted, whether it's woman, whether it's man, whether it's black, white, whether whether you keep cats and want to see if cats are unlucky, you don't like that dream book, or whatever it may be. I'm going to give you one more example, the Pickham Dream Book by Roger Rabo, who was a man named Carl Z. Talbot. And he was really unusual because he worked out his own system where every dream got several interpretations. And the the ones that I just loved, I mean, it, they're, they're really odd. Um, he had one that was called dope. Dope meaning drugs. So if you dream of a man user, you bet 712. A woman user, 713. If it's hop, if it's reefers, if it's smoke, if it's to sell, if it's to see it grow, if it's to steal it, if it's to be arrested for it, you get different numbers to bet. And he also did um, dreams for all kinds of things, crap game. And under crap game, he listed crooked and raided. And under lynch, he listed down south. And under Bible, he listed Jewish. He was a black man himself and had come from the south. And, you know, lynch was a thing you could dream about. So each dream book is different. It carries its own meanings. And then around the beginning of the 
1900s, late 19th century, the psychological interpretations of dreams became important. And we have people like Freud and Carl Gustav, that fucking Nazi Jung. So I'm going to leave that for <laughs> for other people to talk about it. But I really wanted um, people to get that idea. And I've put in some URLs, and I see here that Nagashiva did too, and I hope I don't duplicate his too much. But I've put in a bunch of URLs um, of some of the dream books where I describe them, and I hope that's of interest to people who get the chat log. So I'm going to turn this over to Elvira. Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) Well, other than the fact that I'm pleased to be on the show and able to um, take part in it, having made my major life change and am now getting back into the swing of things, uh, the dream interpretations and and dream divination, uh, I know you kind of... We talked about it a little bit. You know, I'm going to do kind of more of the psychological, or at least that's the, the side that I start with. And it is true, obviously, Freud and Jung, archetypes with Jung and, you know, collective unconscious and things. Um, I, I tend to go with uh, the items as they come up in a dream, and I watch how it knits together. And then if, for instance, I have a client who comes with a very detailed dream, which I have several, and what I do is I I look at the symbols and I work with unraveling the tapestry of what it is with regards to um, what's going on in their life and how this dream is, is coming from them and some of it is prophetic. Sometimes I've got ones with vision. So, of course, symbology um, and the way interpretations with, you know, dictionaries and everything, I do use things about animals and I do use things about interpretations. But they're jumping points for me to be able to take the body of this dream and start working with um, what this is speaking to them on. And then it's always what is important in their life at the time of what's happening because some dreams are reflections and warnings or informational. So I, I see it as a, a weaving that I need to work with and I will use different tools. But I guess I would fall into the category of, you know, the psychological you know, in terms of that, since my father was a therapist and he didn't do dream interpretation or any of that, but he had a um, mindset that mm-hmm. he reached the world through, and of course, he gave this to us as our basis. You know, families have that from their parents, and so I look at it from what's happening with you and how it's going about, and if it's really deep and there's a, uh, a certain kind of energy around a particular thing, then I will take, um, and I will be quite frank, I will take my cards and I will throw cards on it and work on pulling those things out with the cards because I believe that it's multi-leveled and it has deep meanings and you never, you know, you can get the base and then you go deeper and then sometimes it becomes even deeper and that's as you as a person who dreams it goes down the road on life. So that's Mm -hmm. my take on it. 
So I'm mm. going to uh, bring um, Conjurman in here. Conjurman, you also come out of a traditional culture in which dream interpretation is very yeah. important. How about you fill us in a little on that? Yeah, so Middle Eastern culture and Islamic culture more broadly uh, finds dreams as crucial. In fact, there's a saying of Muhammad that says that uh, dreams are one-fortieth of prophecy, indicating that this sort of prophecy ends with Muhammad. This is an orthodox belief amongst Muslims, but that people can still access the divine through dreams. And so dreams are probably one of the most important forms of divination found in Middle Eastern traditions. Um, and they're found from, from North Africa all the way to South Asia, Southeast Asia, and Malaysia. Very important. Anybody can have them. But certain people are inclined to have what are known as true dreams or dreaming true. This idea is found also in the Jewish tradition and in the broader Mediterranean tradition. And in turn, it influences the Congolese practice and West African practice of dreams. And so you find it in Hoodoo as well, that certain people dream true. Now, dreaming true is slightly different than dream interpretation. Dreaming true is that whatever you dream comes to pass. And whatever you dream comes to pass. Dream interpretation is the use of dreams in order to predict the future. So they are slightly different. It's a nuance there, but it is a crucial nuance. Dreams in the, medieval, in the Middle Eastern tradition fall into sort of three categories, what are known as vision. These are dreams that indicate something is going to happen. These come in spiritual states. They are particularly important. They may happen after a night of prayer or fasting. But you wake up and you recognize that they are significant. And then you will consult either a professional dream interpreter or you will examine one of the various dictionaries that exist, like in the Serenes, etc., in order to understand what your dream means. And so, for example, there are, there are a variety of different meanings that could be found. You know, if you dream that you're uh, falling, that means that there's going to be a decrease in status. If you dream of your teeth falling out, it means that you will uh, have some type of uh, falling out with friends or perhaps you will outlive your friends. But not all dreams are meant to be interpreted. There are two other categories of dreams. Those dreams that come from the what are called the negative soul or the darkness of our soul, these are dreams of lust, these are dreams of evil, these are dreams of wickedness, these are also dreams that can be inspired by uh, the devil or by demonic influence. These dreams are not meant to be interpreted, and instead a person is supposed to cleanse themselves, purify themselves, put up spiritual protection, you know, things of that sort. So those type of dreams which stem for the, from the darker impulses of humanity or from the darker spirits of the world, are not meant to be interpreted. And then there is a final category of dreams, which are called meaningless dreams. This is sort of random shit that happens in your brain. You're not meant to take it seriously, right? Every time you, you, know, you dream of going out and getting frozen yogurt doesn't mean that something momentous is going to happen in your life. So there are sort of meaningless dreams that all... It is only the dreams that are deemed significant. That is, their symbolism is important or you wake up having a strong sense of their importance that your mentor interprets. So you categorize dreams in two different ways. First, dreaming and dreaming true versus dream divination. Then dream divination is further divided into three categories. Significant dreams that are prophetic in nature, meaningless dreams, and dreams from the dark forces of the world or the dark side of our soul. 
Wow. Well, now I'm going to throw something in on that because as a dream interpreter and um, uh, I find that one of the kind of calls I get is a person who wants me to interpret whether their dream is worthy of interpretation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is a, an interesting question. I mean, you know, is this dream worthy of interpretation, first of all? And then um, after that, what does it mean to me? So there is yeah. a role in all Middle Eastern cultures for dream interpreters. If Being Jewish, of course, I go right back to the Bible, and the yeah. Bible will give you numerous examples of people who made their way through life being dream interpreters. That's what they mm-hmm. did. That's very true. And people would, people would seek them out. And a dream interpreter was a, I guess you could say, a, a legit um, form of fortune-telling. But it yeah. didn't always mean that you would predict the future. It might be you have an enemy right now and you ought to find mm-hmm. out about it or don't bet the stock market or whatever it might be. The dream might have a meaning that was very limited in terms of forecasting or it might be prophetic uh, and and have a, a future-telling meaning. And sometimes, as a dream interpreter, I'm sometimes left to go, no, that was, you know, the dream of the rare bit fiend. You ate something mm-hmm. funny before you went to yep. sleep, and that was that dream, you know. I I add another kind of dream to these um, these wonderful categories that you came up with, and I call them run-on dreams. And these are dreams that you dream for day or night, night after night after night, variations on a theme. And they'll run for me sometimes for two weeks or more. Like right now, I'm in the midst of a of a series of run-on dreams about house remodeling um, in which I'm given new houses to live in, none of which quite suit me, but they have like verandas or they have very interesting kitchens with 1950s appliances. And... And I'm always there with Nagashiva, and we're trying to figure out, can we adjust ourselves to this new house? And I just, it's, it's, a, it's what I call a run-on. And after a while, you no longer interpret it as a new house means such and such. It just means I'm in a series of these dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, t- totally. Yeah, I mean, this is also a reminder, too, that when you have dreams – that dreams can incorporate the stuff that's going on in your daily life or they may be going on, incorporate things that you're worried about. So this is where the psychological or the psychoanalytic component of it comes into play as well. Not all dreams necessarily may interpret the future, right? They may not indicate something that is happening, like, oh, you're going to move houses. But it may indicate something that is on your mind. Uh, Dreams feature quite prominently in kind of resolving of issues. If you have a crisis, an issue, the dream world is where these things can kind of be dealt with. And so this is where I think the psychoanalytic, and then then this uh, Alvaro was talking about, is so crucial, right? Not every dream is about predicting that particular future, but it can tell us of the issues that you're facing immediately in your life or the things that are are going on in your mind or the crises that you're, you're trying to resolve. And so there is a way in which interpretation may not always be clearly like, okay, let me divine the future. It can also be a matter of divining the soul. What is going on in this person's spirit? What are the concerns that they have, the crisis then? Or were they just watching too many YouTube videos, right? And now those YouTube videos have made their way into into the dream. So this is where um, 
there is a balance. There is in dream interpretation, like many of the other forms of divination we've talked about, is one of the more popular forms of divination. Like, um, for example, we've, we've discussed bibliomancy uh, and the oracle hours. Bibliomancy is a type of popular divination, indicating that peep, anybody can pick up the Bible and try it. Same thing with dream interpretation. But it also has a professional component to it. And there is a very clear indication in the sources that there are some people who are just uniquely skilled at interpreting dreams. And so you need to be able to discern between what is significant in your dream, what is not, what is meant to be, uh, you know, an omen of the future, and what is an indication of the condition of the soul. Yeah, and there's a... Another thing that we kind of haven't mentioned yet, which is lucid dreaming. We did once did a show about lucid dreaming. And lucid dreams are dreams in which you're aware that you're dreaming. They mm-hmm. don't usually need interpretation because you are an active participant in them. But I just want to give a shout out. Hey, lucid dreaming also, you know. But um, I've had people um, come to me for help with dream interpretation, saying, I used to have lucid dreams all the time, mm-hmm. and then something happened, some tragedy or some change of home or you know marital status, and I've never had a lucid dream again. How do I get them back? And so the ability to dream is also a marker of your psychological and physical health. Those who have um, insomnia and who have mental problems often have disturbed dreams. And there are also, um, oh, well, we all know the tarot card, the nine of swords, the person who wakes up from the nightmare. There are people who are prone to chronic nightmares. And when doing interpretations of someone's dream, it's good to get a sort of a base level. Well, do you have nightmares often? If they say, oh, yeah, almost every night, then the fact that they called you because they had a nightmare isn't as meaningful as if they go, I haven't had a nightmare since I was a child. And now they have a nightmare. So there's a lot to interpreting dreams that has to do with understanding the physical and psychological health of people as well. I've had many, many uh, clients over the many years I've been reading who have suddenly a dream of bad health and it's so obvious to me go get that checked out that part of your body is speaking to you but they called me up paid me many dollars per hour because they don't quote believe in their dreams so they go i dreamed i was having a heart attack and i'm like how about you go get that cardiac checkup? And it's such a simple thing to say, but they almost need permission from a legit dream interpreter to do that. Mm. But there are also dreams of physical struggle, which can be the sign of a curse or of someone casting a spell on you in, in your dream, that they are trying mm-hmm. to suffocate you in your dream But I also say, is it possible you have sleep apnea? I mean, I always try to rule out the physical before I go to the metaphysical. But very often they have no sleep apnea. They have nothing wrong with them, but they're dreaming that they're being suffocated with pillows. At that point, I would do a divination on, is there an enemy curse going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and all dreams are uh, intersecting with magic is a deep, deep topic. There, doing your own magical work can produce dreams. 
So that's mm-hmm. something to also remember. Not just magic being done to you or curses or whatnot, but doing your own magical work. We often talk about that when you do some type of work, whether it's for money or love or protection or whatnot, to look for omens and signs of it working before you look for movement. And one of the signs and omens can be a dream. So sure, you can see an omen out in the real world, right? Like let's say you do love magic for somebody and you see their name appear somewhere. It can also appear in your, in your dreams as well. So paying attention to your dreams when you do magical work is one way of determining if, if the omens that show up are significant of, of its success or failure or whatnot. So be mindful of your dreams after you do magic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Elvira, do people come to you for dream interpretation? Uh, you know, clients. Yes. yes, they do. Actually, um, it's something that will happen when um, they come in. A lot of them are clients I've had for some years, so they'll they'll come to me with you know something they've they've dreamed about, and so what I will wind up doing is just like um, Ali said, I will look at the, the different levels, like did you do magic, um, uh, you know, meaning are you doing something magical? Are you, do you have a particular area? You know, it's kind of like a questionnaire that a doctor asks you to fill out before he sees you so that I get an idea what um, they are, what this has beyond what they're asking. You know, there, there are other layers. And then I will take... And, um, again, if it's uh, about someone uh, that has got a gem, uh, her the husband has, a, has a, a lover on his arm and he's walking down the street and, and she's observing him and it didn't, you know, she was there and she suddenly saw him doing it. Um, there is the fact that that could be a real lover, but mm-hmm. in light of the particular thing that I was doing with this client, it was more that he loves a certain kind of um, thing that he does, and that's what's taking her, hit the, the attention away. So it's, you know, she's feeling him walking away. And then, you know, because there are more dreams about their daily lives and the things that are in it, but then I will, you know, go deeper and find the, the, the metaphysical meaning in the particular area as well. So I, I come at it in different layers because it works for my clients to have more than, you know, is this that I'm going to win the lottery or is this going to be something that I have to uh, take care of as a curse, you know, in terms of that. And if it's a curse, then that's why I use the, the divination tool to get a yes-no or get some information about it or find something because beyond I look at it as I see this, I'm not going to assume it. I'm going to go through the process of digging like an archaeologist till I find more things that I can give the person and let them start to work with it. Mm-hmm. You know, often when interpreting dreams, it helps to um, reflect it back to the client. If you're a dream interpreter, if you do this professionally, Everyone has their own code book. And so um, one person may say, I dreamed I was on a sailboat. And what you don't know is that their dad had a sailboat and it was the most wonderful time of their life sailing around Cape Cod and it's 
wonderful. It means happy childhood. And the other person says, I dreamed I was on a sailboat, and they, they hate being on the water. They get seasick, and their best friend drowned in high school. And mm-hmm. so you, the dream will have a different meaning. It won't always be the same. Now, the use of these dream books is mm-hmm. kind of like a... Uh, somebody's interpretation. It's like a spell book. It's somebody's idea of what it would be like to have this dream. But the person often tells you about themselves, the person who wrote the dream book. And so I tell people, get as many dream books as you like and, you know, go look through them and see how you feel about it, you know, uh, how you how you feel. Uh, for instance, I'm looking at the lucky star. This is uh, Professor Kanji or uh, Herbert Gladstone Paris's book, Sailing. To dream that you sail on a smooth stream or sea denotes riches and good health. But if the water is rough, it is a sign of misfortune, which will be the dis- direct result of a wildcat investment. And to dream of sailors signifies profitable investment and you will be happy. And to talk to sailors is a sign of power and honor. So that's his take on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very clear, you know, smooth sailing, rough sailing. You know? But not every, every mm-hmm. dream can be interpreted that easily. And there are many, many odd oddities about dreams that are um, found in certain books and not in others. You know, uh, here's another one. This is from the King Tut. To dream of sand means instability. You know, a house built on sand. But to dream that you play in the beach sand is happiness, childhood happiness. And Mm -hmm. to dream of a sailor is danger on a sea voyage. Entirely different, very negative. So when you work with dreams, be aware of your culture or your client's culture and your client's personal history. Right. All right. Well, this was a wonderful topic, and I could go on for hours, obviously, and I think we all could. Um, Let's turn this over to Clifford, and we're going to um, get our first client in. All right. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. And this week's special guest, Ms. Alvaro, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call-in clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through talk radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818 394 8535 and press 1 to let us know that you are available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code and if your area code is announced, I'd like like you to say hello and let me, your announcer Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our first caller is Tamara calling from area code 631. Tamara, are you there? I am. You've indicated you have readings on the situation. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Uh, You've indicated you've had readings on the situation with both Conjure Man and Miss Cat? 
Uh, I've read that um, you've had a situation, a problematic situation, with someone in your community, and they had a dream where you got a mysterious and somewhat sinister phone call, but you seem to be able to resolve it towards the end. Is that accurate? Yes. Very good. All right, turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Um, Tamara, are you mm-hmm. the person I think you are? Yes. You, yes. <laughs> okay. I just, I just want to make sure because I, I, I think I know your situation. Um, yeah. So, um, so in your in your dream, um, and I'm looking at this, and uh, Clifford didn't actually um, uh, read this out, so I'm going to read it out. Um, returning to see if there are updates on the issue I wrote about earlier this year regarding a woman in my community who is a serious danger to others. Friend and practitioner in town has been told this woman and her cronies are actively seeking to end my friend's life. Sounds crazy as I write this. She did recently recover from an estrogen-based cancer. I did and have been doing the suggested root work with St. Michael, but I've not seen much change. Unsure if I need to change tactics reformat intentions or if anything is blocking the success and driving her out of here or if this is instead going to be a continuous act of protection for my community. And then it says here, um, dream number two, now, oh, dreams two, excuse me. Both mm-hmm. of these dreams were on early Saturday morning. At one point in my dream, I was finding little trinkets or presents given or left for me by this person. After waking, I consider that this could potentially just be my consciousness processing how this person tends to like or love some of my posts on local Facebook groups. However, toward the end of my dream times, I was dreaming about needing a car repair that had something to do with my wheels, which is very common for me, and that I was needing to get to a vet for one of my pets, something that I have been dealing with in real time. And while this was going on, my phone was ringing. It was the person in question calling me. I could tell that she was on speakerphone. She wanted to have a conversation with me to discuss what's been going on. The tone of her voice was spread with either antagonism or in some way I knew she was ready to amp up the drama. In my dream, I just told her I was busy trying to get to a vet appointment and was at the garage, and it was really not something I could give time to in that moment. I had the feeling that by saying that, I deflated everything she'd built up in making this phone call, and I woke up soon thereafter. Does the way I handled this dream phone call point to the work I've been doing? Okay, so what I'm going to get into here is there's a bunch of things in this dream. First of all, there were the trinkets, okay? The trinkets that um, that she um, was leaving for you. I personally mm-hmm. it would interpret that as an attempt to get an attention. Uh, trinket or jewelry is something that is shiny, that attracts you. And I'm going to look up jewelry. I'm going to try to read these from traditional books in the the Lucky Star. And um, um, jewelry, to dream of jewelry, is uh, says good luck. Abundance of jewelry is good luck. And um, it also says to talk to a jeweler is to denote honesty. So that's pretty nice. Um, I would say you are handling it pretty well, given that trinkets or jewelry means that. But then we have the next thing, the end of the dream, where you need to have car repair. Now, that's not good. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. usually a bad sign because it means there's something wrong that needs your attention. 
and you won't be able to travel on. You won't be able to leave this situation until get that thing fixed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, again, I'm going to use a look up here. I'm going to guess it's going to be under automobile. Yeah, because it's an older book. They don't say car. To dream of an automobile denotes you are going to take a long, pleasant trip. And if the automobile is broken, the trip will not be pleasant. So that's a warning dream. Mm -hmm. And that means you need to handle something, obviously. She might, and you say it has to do with your wheels, which is interesting. This has to do with your ability to leave the situation because if the if the car means travel, you're not leaving the situation mm-hmm. quite fast enough. Then you have the pet. Was it a dog or a cat? A cat. A cat. All right. So let's look up to yeah. dream of a cat. And flip through here. And by the way, I don't usually do dream interpretations just straight out of a book, but I want to get people familiar with the idea of these books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to dream of a black cat is hard luck. To dream of a white cat signifies that you will persuade a friend to commit an act of injustice. Whoa. Um, a cat in danger or dead is a warning. Okay, so this I would say falls under the idea of a cat in danger. It is going to the vet. Mm-hmm. It's a warning. Okay, and the this is tells me that this lady is working on you. There is some sort of spell work going on. The mm-hmm. cat being your familiar, and you, you have been dealing with it in real time, but that begs the question. Let's not look at this in a Freudian sense and say, oh, well, I was dealing with it, and so it's a, it's just a, a reflection of my real time. Maybe the cat actually, the cat's veterinarian trips that you are actually dealing with may also be part of a curse. Do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And the yeah. dream is telling you, whoa, whoa, this person is like really invading my life here. So what I see is that this person is actively working against you. And I would tell you that it would be a good idea to um, guard yourself and guard your place of sleeping. There's also the idea of antagonism, ready to amp up the drama. And you were busy trying to get the vet appointment and you were at the garage. Now, this means you're going to be dealing with ways to escape or move on. That's the garage. And you're also looking with ways to protect your environment, the cat, your friend, cat. And Mm -hmm. these, to me, would indicate that you should be doing some work in your bedroom to protect your dream space because it's being invaded. And Mm -hmm. I would, um, for instance, consider putting up... um, bay leaves or the 91st psalm which is used to, for sound sleep i think you know enough because we've talked before about um, putting the 91st psalm under a little glass of water and then in the morning getting up and before you pee before you talk to anybody uh, tossing the water either out the back of the house or down the toilet peeing on it and flushing it wiping the glass out uh, and that will get all the the energy that that person is trying to send you in your dream away from you repeatedly over and over and over again as long as it takes. But I also would put some uh, protective 
material around the room. I like bay leaves. There's other things that are very protective. Dimes on camphor squares. You can take four camphor squares, put one in each corner of the bedroom in the corners. And I, I find, by the way, that if you have carpet or something like that, you do want to put it on a little plate or a saucer so you don't stain the carpet. Mm. And then you put a, a dime on top of the camphor square. And they, they, they notice it, it's a really, really good protection. And um, there are many ways to protect yourself. Another one is to put a Bible open to Psalms 91 under your bed with a pair of open scissors or a knife down the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm. You can read about these things. And I'm sure you know already some of these things, but I think you need some protection uh, in your dream world. All right. Now okay. let me um, turn this over to Elvira. Okay. Hi there. Hi. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Uh, she was she was going over these things, and I'm looking at, you know, the the notes I've taken as we were going. And uh, yes, the the uh, the trinkets they're shiny, they're distracting. Their <laughs> items show a distracted energy, and um, I feel that the it's like a breadcrumbs of distracting energy to keep you. Um, involved and keep you interacting in this manner um, for whatever may be the reason ultimately uh, to to create the, uh, the dissension in the community and to, to cause issues. So that being the first one, uh, I, I do see that. And when you're looking at um, being on a phone, you're trying to get communication with the higher spirit realm, the higher self. You're, you know, all of the aspects that go up in terms of higher vibrational energies um, in terms of that, and she also is trying, you know, you're doing something, and she's trying to disturb you and bring you back down, bring you back down. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, as Ms. Kat said, um, car with wheels problems, the, you know, wheel, wheel of fortune and the tarot deck, things that are trying to stop your expansion uh, in other areas of your life along with this particular aspect of your community. And keeping you um, safe is your cat. And it's interesting because when I read the the actual synopsis, I was immediately taken by that because I work with a lot of, you know, protective spirit animals in my own world, but I also have a lot of my clients that uh, have, you know, animals that are their protectors in real life as much as spirit animals. And um, so there mm-hmm. has been a definite attack. There has been some kind of energy thrown at you, and you are working in the manner you're working. So there is, if you're asking, is the work being uh, done, it is, but you're going to, as Ms. Kat said, amp things up. You're going to, especially around your personal sacred area, um, the area you sleep in and any, you know, um, area that's your altar area, I, I feel needs to have sort of a little bit of sprucing up and energizing and, you know, working on that. Uh, and as far as, you know, doing anything as a reversing, you know, like pushing her back, I would really look at um, doing that in a manner that you don't, that you try to avoid direct engagement because that's what she wants. She wants you to engage in fighting her. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because the, uh, as I said before, I will pull a few cards 
and um, obviously the, the power is one of those things, to break down the, the community, to cause dissension, and are, you know, to try and keep you engaged in those little breadcrumbs all around is part of the dynamic here. But what you have going for you is the fact that you, you have the ability to transform this process, but you also need to be able to um, engage others with you. It's no longer, if, if it's coming against your community, you need to engage the community. You are no longer the solo warrior, darling. So I think there's more to this than just, uh, you know, what am I doing and do I need to do more? You probably, if you were only you, yes, you'd be doing it for a very long time and she'd suck your energy out. But at this point, um, in, you're going to need to engage others in the community to help. And as Ms. Cat mm-hmm. said, protect your space and dream space so that you can start working on the higher planes to come back into the situation rather than the, the way yeah. she's trying to drag you down. I want to. We're going to okay. turn this over to Conjurman for some root work advice. But I want to read yes. out loud really quickly Cousin Joshua's comment. Um, and, and he's a very good root worker. What's super interesting to me about this dream is the caller's focus on these other things deflates the suspected perpetrator, interrupts the energy the woman has been gathering, as if taking care of her own life, in other words, the car and the cat, um, the caller has been interrupted or disrupted the work or energy that the perpetrator has been building up against her. The caller may be already halfway to a solution just for the things she's doing to keep her own life on track. And I think that is so brilliant, Cousin Joshua, because... And as Elvira said, the trinkets was what she wanted mm-hmm. you to dream about, but you mm-hmm. brought it back to to the other things. All right, let's turn this over to Conjurman. Yeah, I think Cousin Joshua really hit the nail on the head with that one. So I'm going to give you some root work recommendation, and I'm a big believer in working in layers of protection. Those that took the mm-hmm. uh, festival workshop on defensive magic will know that this is something that I talk about quite frequently. Um, that when you want to, when you deal, when you're dealing with someone who's meddlesome, you want to create sort of layers in order to keep yourself safe. So I would start with the outside of your property. Take salt and white mustard seeds, mix them together, and then sprinkle around the property. And what that does is it scatters anything that can be tossed your way and keeps you safe. You don't want to do a lot of salt, just a little bit. You know, not cause any damage to the vegetation, but just a pinch of salt with some white mustard seeds sprinkled around. It works particularly well to protect those that attack via dreams or those that attack via spirit. It's a good way of scattering their influences. So you sprinkle that around your property as a way of creating a barrier. Then you want to purify the the house. So you want to do some type of cleansing of the house followed by sealing. And the four camphor squares in the four corners of your house is great for this. Camphor is a way of really removing the negative, but also allowing the good to still flow through. It has a filtering component to it. So as you'll note that we're building these layers as a type of filtering, as a spiritual sieve of some sort in order to remove the negative, not allow it to pass through, but still allow the good stuff to come in. So the four camphor squares in the four corners of your house, that's going to be on the inside it'll keep you safe and it's a really good and protective measure then you're going to add another layer this is much closer you'll be dealing specifically with your dreams take a cup of water and every night pray psalm 91 over it place this next to your bed 
This will filter out the bad and clear away the negative. It's also a great way of ensuring that the dreams that you achieve or the dreams that you get are the good dreams, the positive dreams, the dreams that are meaningful and significant and uplifting and higher vibration, I think is the word that Kat used. So this will help to filter. Then take some scissors, anoint these with fiery wall of protection, place them under your bed with the Bible opened up to Psalm 91. You open up the Bible to Psalm 91. You place the scissors underneath, on top of that. Place this entire thing under the bed. And so what this does is it creates these layers of protection, starting from the outside, working all the way to your bed. Once a month, you have to refresh the camphor, so remove the camphor off of your property, uh, and then put new camphor squares. So once a month, you want to refresh it. Do this with prayer. Every day, you want to dispose of the water. Remove the water off of your property, and then replace it at night with reciting of the Psalm 91 again. The Bible and the scissors can remain there indefinitely as a fixed talisman of protection. Now, note that Cousin Joshua said something really significant here. Once you've placed these elements of protection, at some point you need to be able to not let the trinkets distract you. Being able to move mm-hmm. on is one of the important ways of dealing with people who are uh, you know, an enemy or people who are meddling. Now, we, I don't remember your situation exactly, but from what I can tell from your description, we've read for you a few times, not just once, but a few times about a very similar situation. So you've been dealing with this for some time. And one of the tricks of people like this uh, is to uh, basically suck you back in, vampirically, if you will, to, to kind of get you stuck in the the mud and shit with them without able to kind of move on. Not everyone has the power to constantly throw at you. Not everyone has the power to constantly attack you or to cause disruption. But what they can do is make you think that they have that power. And this is something that you can see in the dreams, the fact that you're lost in the trinkets or whatnot, not focused on the, on the you know, whatever aspects of your life that you should be focusing on, is a very, very important message. So once you do these protective measures, once you've taken the steps to keep yourself safe, the next step is being able to walk away without looking back. That is crucial. Mm-hmm. Do not allow yourself to be drawn back into this. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in a spiritual quagmire. Three years from now, you're going to call us again and ask us for the exact same situation. So this work is mm-hmm. going to work. Put your faith in it. Put your barriers up. Walk away with confidence and strength. So that's what I have for you. Let's see if Ms. Cat or Ms. Elvira have anything further to add. Well, I just want to say that the that the words here are very useful to me. Automobile means self-directed motion, and a veterinarian mm-hmm. is a healer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you need um, to both um, move yourself away, and you need to seek healing for you mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. uh, your animal familiar. Also, something else occurred to me about the cat. Um, that is the Queen of Wands card. And she is the eternal optimist. She expands her territory like the lions by day, and she protects and guards herself like the black cat at night. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's go to um, our next caller. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. 
and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. And our today's second client is Natalie, um, calling from area code 202 in Washington, D.C. Natalie, are you there? Yes, I am. Fantastic. You were describing a dream about a fish and you want this interpreted. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, I was Perfect. in a restaurant with this real-life reality star who was sitting at a table, and behind her was a wall of shrimp and crustaceans and fish all going up the wall. And jump, the fish were jumping over the wall, and they were huge fish. Wow. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> okay. Um, and let me ask you one question before we get you to Conjure Man. Um, in this dream, the reality star, uh, I, I just wonder, did this person have anything to do with fish, or this was just random? It was random. Okay. All right. Well, let's turn this over to Conjure Man. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. This is a fascinating uh, and interesting dream. Uh, fish traditionally and Middle Eastern dream interpretation is an indication of some type of wealth. Um, to, to really understand what's, what's kind of going on here, what were your feeling of towards the fish? Was it a feeling of ominousness? Were you just looking at this and going, what the fuck? That's really strange. Uh, the the latter, I thought them fish better get caught, or else they're going to cro- <laughs> cause a disturbance. <laughs> and then the fish were going up on the wall, and you were going, "What the heck? This is very weird." So traditionally, what this means uh, is that fish is an indication of wealth. If you can't tell the numbers of them, it's usually a large amount or some type of wealth. It when it's in an unusual place, that is, in this case, a restaurant, and you have someone who you don't know personally, but a stranger, but you know they're famous or whatnot, a celebrity, that's an indication of wealth or money from an unusual source. Now, the question is, is this money coming towards you or is this money that's going away? The fact that it's going up the wall and you're saying someone must catch it indicates that an opportunity will be presented to you around wealth or finances that is going to show up in your life How you respond to it will determine whether you lose money or make money from that opportunity. So the fish going up the wall is a bit strange, out of the blue. This may come from an unusual source. It may may come from something unexpected. So this might not necessarily be something dealing with the job. It may be an opportunity that comes from a stranger, or it may come from someone that you know but don't know too well, that you may not have a deep personal connection with. That is that celebrity reality TV star, whatever that person was. But how you respond to the incident of the fish will determine whether you are able to have some form of abundance from it or a lack of abundance from it. Now, it's particularly interesting that you have this dream. When did you have this dream? Last night? Today? While you were napping, when was this dream happening? About last week. 
about last week. Okay, so this is a recent dream. It's not an old dream. The reason I say this is that we're about to, astrologically, and I, the reason I'm bringing a little bit of astrology into this is that dream interpretation intersects with other forms of divination. There, In fact, in traditional dream interpretation, there's a whole body of lore where people would cast horary charts around dreams. But it also can be indicative of things that are shifting more broadly in your life. Jupiter is about to go direct in the coming weeks, and it is going to be moving eventually by the end of the year into Pisces, the sign of the fish. So bear in mind over the next three months in particular for you, I think that this dream will be significant in which you will have a moment in which an opportunity will be presented to you from a stranger, someone that you know but aren't deeply connected with, that this opportunity will have an impact on your finances. How you respond to it will determine whether you come out richer for it or not. But be aware that it is going to be a weird opportunity. It's a strange one. Not going to be something traditional like, hey, can you help me out at this nine to five job? It's going to be something extraordinarily random that's going to kind of show up. And when it does, it'll be significant of this dream. All right. That's what I see here for you. I'm going to turn this over to Miss Elvira, who's going to do your next divination. And then Kat is going to come in at the end and give you some root work, perhaps to capitalize on the opportunity for wealth or capitalize on what this dream signifies. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> that was awesome, Contramanali. Um Basically, when I hear about fish going, you know, up a wall or upstream, and of course they're crustaceans. You had shrimp. You had all kinds. You had bottom feeders as well as top feeders. Um, I would look at things that were um, on different levels, meaning not necessarily what comes up. On the top level, that's part of it, but, you know, the crustaceans are, are below. They're on the ground and the bottom. So it would be something from um, that kind of energy uh, as far as the uh, fact that you thought they should get them caught or there'd be some kind of a disturbance. I like that idea. Um, and it kind of tells me that, yes, you, you in your own mind, you need to go and follow this energy that you see coming towards you in the symbology or there's going to be a lot of disturbance in your in yourself and you know possibly your life in the sense that you'll feel regretful that you didn't follow through on it so it's kind of like uh, a secondary um, observer self going you need to pay attention and follow these new things that are coming in um, and as far as the, uh, the reality show star, I mean, that, again, reality, in reality, you have someone who is a star. They're doing something of reality, life, living, more or less camped up at times, but nonetheless, and they're, they're getting money for it. So um, that reminds you that your, you know, though your reality may not at this moment be something that light is shined on and people know about and, you know, something really, you know, interesting is happening in that way, that if you take this chance and follow it, you will. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll be on film. It could, but more that you would become, um, you would become more uh, externalized and, and, you know, you'll feel really good about the fact that you're out there and that you're doing something very uh, unusual and uh, productive. And as 
Conjurement Ali pointed out, um, there is Jupiter going direct at the end of October, and I was, you know, I, as I say, I pull cards. I got the three of wands, which is the next three weeks. Basically, you know, it's like there have been three a three cycle here that is, you know, sort of been stationary. The one week ago that you you had this dream, and now you need to be able to start looking at and taking more um, initiative in following and going forward in it. And it really does point to um, fruition of economics and, you know, know, again, swimming upstream. What does uh, fish go upstream to to lay eggs? So this is going up to be productive. And I really think it's an excellent dream. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say that... um, this was a very interesting idea to look at it as having to do with Jupiter. And I, I put a little note in the um, chat about the Chinese idea of fish jumping up over the wall. This relates to money and fortune in Chinese uh, dream interpretation and symbolic interpretation. And I do think that um, Jupiter is the planet that's most associated with Chinese astrology, the year of the whatever, always has to do with um, what uh, how can I say, with, with, with what sign something is. It's a Jupiterian sign. Now, in um, uh, Jupiter is um, has been diddling around between Pisces and going mm-hmm. back to Aquarius retrograde. December 29th, it re-enters Pisces. Then it, this is so bizarre, uh, um, then in 2022 it goes to Aries, but then comes back to Pisces. So really you have a window here between around the first of the year, around the January 1st, until May 25th of um, 2022 to make some money. Now, I'm going to give you some ideas with these fishes and these shrimps and these crustaceans. Also, Elvira said something very interesting, which was about top feeders versus bottom feeders. I would try to avoid the bottom feeders. These are ways of making money that will not be useful to you. And you said if the fish go over the wall, it could cause a disturbance. What you really want are those bright, shiny uh, nice fish. Fish also, by the way, mean that you are free from jealousy and free from envy, and the evil eye can't affect you. And I would say that this would be a good time, starting around um, uh, the first, to make some investments or to to work with your money. I think you can really increase your money. You might want to eat fish. That's always a good way to increase your um, connection. You can also, if you don't like to eat the animal, you can uh, take fish oil tablets or, or rather uh, capsules. You can also wear jewelry with the fish on it. And I would say that that would be probably the nicest thing to do would be to um, honor this dream and seek wealth. A golden fish, wearing a little jewelry with a golden fish. It doesn't have to be solid gold, of course. Two little earrings. Two fish is usually a symbol of wealth in in uh, Chinese culture, Asian culture generally. Get some little earrings that are little fishes. Dress them with some wealthy way or um, some little, um, uh, you know, whatever it might be, money drawing or money house blessing, and wear those earrings. And I would say that this is going to be a good time for you to make money. Get yourself all lined up. The dream says that this is going to be coming. The reality star is interesting to me because I don't know the person's name or who, what show they're in, but I and I don't need to know it. I just would like you to consider it, look at it, and um, 
and think about if it's a reality show, for instance, about um, paranormal activities, you might want to consider that differently than if it's a reality show about starting a business or remodeling a house or hunting ducks or whatever it is. There's so many different reality shows. But consider what that reality show stands for and does and look for a stranger. I think that was a really good call. Look for a stranger who either has a similar name or represents something similar who may offer you some possibility of advancement. But the best I can say for you is take those fishes as a good symbol for yourself. And if there was a um, an angel that I would say you should um, work with, it would be the angel Raphael, who's usually shown holding a big fish. But there are other cultures that have different ideas. Now, fishes also can be considered a symbol of pregnancy, and nobody mentioned that. I hope um, that if it is pregnancy, it's something you want, or it might be a relative of yours, and the multitude of fishes means that someone you know may have become pregnant and may be about to give birth to twins or more. So that's just another idea taken from folklore that was not mentioned. I would consider if you hear of a pregnancy, give that person uh, a little gift of some fishes that represent fertility because fishes do represent um, a fertile uh, uh, life. And um, one more thing I'd like to say about root work to do when you have a dream like this. According to the old um, Seneca Native American traditions, you are usually, if given an animal in a dream, you are to work with that animal. You are, you know, go to an aquarium um, or, you know, get a pet fish, whatever it's going to be. Often among the Seneca, they ceremonially ate the animal that they had dreamed of to incorporate the energy of the animal. Now, a lot of people in modern times feel, well, what's, that's not the right way to pay back the animal that appeared to me in my dream by eating it. But the Seneca did believe that that was something that could be done. So if you like that, that's another good way to work. There is another emblem made from fishes that you might want to check out. It's called a lucky stone. But they're not really stones. They are the fish ear bones of the drumfish or puppy drum, also known as the redfish. There's a lot of different local names for this fish. Um, they are, oh, you can see them in the book, um, How to Use Amulets, Charms, and Talismans in the Hoodoo and Conjure Tradition. We sell them at our website, Lucky Mojo. Maybe someone will um, will um, put that up um, about the, yeah, Shiva just did, the Lucky Stone fish head bone autolith. Those are used to make wealth-drawing charms and job-getting charms. And you have two the two bones from the two sides of the fish's head, the left and the right, and they have an L and a J kind of impressed on them. That's just what it looks like, an L and a J. And people say it stands for Lord Jesus, or it stands for love and joy, or luck and joy. And you make a little... Um, talisman with those with a dime in between them and um, put them in the little leather packet. And you can see that packet in the book uh, how, to make, uh, amulet, how to Use Amulets, Charms, and Talismans. So I recommend that you get one of those uh, to carry. If money is an issue, these fish do indicate wealth, and carrying such a little talisman would be a really great way to go. We do sell the little uh, packets at Lucky Mojo. 
I don't know if they have a SKU number. You'd have to call and get a hold of me, but we do have some that were made by Angela Marie Horner, who's a member of AIR, and I actually have a little um, box full of them that she made, but we only sell them to very special people. So if you want one, they're not all that expensive, but I, I can get you one that was handmade by Angela Marie. I don't list them with a SKU because there are never enough of them to sell online. But they're very special, and they are very, very traditional. Everywhere, where there are lakes or rivers, these fish live, and they, they are used for luck. And they were used for luck by the Native Americans as well. All right. Um, does anybody else want to add anything to this? Yeah, just that be mindful of your dreams going forward, as I think you'll probably have another dream closer to when this event actually happens and when this opportunity appears. So the fish may become a reoccurring theme in your dreams. Uh, and when they do, take note of it, be aware of it, particularly as you do some of this charm and talismanic work around fish. So be mindful of them. Just note it. I would recommend keeping a dream diary of some sort and writing down, okay, on this day dreams appeared, and then one week later, I got an opportunity for some money. Just keep track of it in this way. That'll be useful for uh, the situation that you're in. Dream diaries in particular are just good for developing that language. Ms. Kat was talking about this earlier, about how you start with a dream dictionary, but then you really kind of develop your own language to a certain extent. Dream diaries can help with that in, in that regard. So you can see that in the traditional interpretation, it means wealth, but it may mean something very specific in regards to wealth when it comes to your life. And this is where that dream dictionary can come uh, in handy for that. And then just keep your eye open. Be aware of it. I wouldn't be surprised if when you're, if this person, uh, you know, that shows up with this opportunity has something like a fish pin or there's like you show, you meet them at a place and the restaurant happens to have fish. So this omen may appear outside of your dream as well. So keep your eye open. Be open to the opportunities and the possibilities that will come your way. Wow. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I think we've given you some good ideas. Doc Murphy says, "Ah, oh, she's not on Facebook, so she won't be able to order one of these little packets. They're they're wonderful. Um, I don't know how you're going to hit me up. You you'd, you'd have to find some way to contact me. <laughs> Can I call Doc the store? Murphy. Uh, well, the store will go, we don't know what you're talking about. You can leave your number, and um, I'll get back to you. Like I said, I have a very limited number of these. They're very, very traditional. Angela Marie is a fantastic maker of such things, and she made me a batch of them. for. We, we did a little trade, and so I have them. And uh, I'd be glad to sell you one. They're, they're, they're not you know, any more expensive than a mojo, a little bit expensive than a mojo but not much they're wonderful they're really wonderful they're made with leather and and uh, incense and silver a real silver dime and these little autoliths i think it's what you might want to carry all right there's our music so coming up next is the announcement from network schedule land The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. 
The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Miss Elvira, of Elvira.com in Arkansas. Take it away, Miss Elvira. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is about having a dream pillow charm, and I will kind of run through it. I know that uh, Nagashiva has also been able, I think, to post it. But it would be, first of all, clear your your, your bedroom with um, energy from energy, so smudge it and, you know, kind of do a, a little cleansing. And this is at the new moon. And then take sage, um, some mugwort incense, and move it clockwise around, and then take it and put it out, please, because after you've made the pillow and you don't want to be having fire or anything while you're sleeping, the pillow you would use flannel or a leather bag, a flannel bag, a cloth bag, and you'll put um, mugwort in it. You'll use four moonstones two Herkimer diamonds, and one other stone for a specific type of issue or dream. Of course, there are um, a series of ones. I'll just run through a couple here. Tiger's Eye for protection, Bloodstone for money and um, magic, and uh, Adventuring for love and luck. Um, and use these, one of those stones, put it in there and tie it up and put it under your pillow. Now, what you do is do an intention and have a journal and a pen next to your bed and do an intention of what it is that you would like to have dreams of and work on that level. And then as you go through new moon to new moon, so one month you follow this through so that you're able to fully encompass the cycle of the lunar energy in your dreaming time. And at that point, you can either change out your stone that is the center stone or you can make a whole new uh, dream pillow and put it aside and have like a section of dream pillows for what you want. And that's my spell. I love that. And it's um, These better be pretty small stones. We're not going to be putting oh, yeah. in, you know, those two-inch spheres now, folks, <laughs> because this is the yeah. dream pillow. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, um, one, one of the things that I've noticed works well for me when making a pillow that you want to, this is just practical, when you're making a pillow that has something hard in it, like a coin or a stone, it's a good idea to put that material inside a little cloth bag and then pack the herbs around it and then sew that around it so that it's like the core doesn't shift and you don't all of a sudden have a coin or a stone in your ear because you'll go <laughs> under that. And then that dream pillow usually goes under your sleeping pillow. So just for those who are going, what, I'm going to be sleeping on rocks, there's ways to make these that are very customary, traditional, and well-known in this world. I like to use handkerchief cloth for wrapping mm-hmm. up the harder pieces, a white handkerchief. You can, um, if you want to, dress that white handkerchief with a little bit of an oil, like psychic vision oil. Just five little dots, four corners, and 
one at the center, and then wrap that around. Then you don't even have to sew. You're just going to wrap it very carefully, corner to corner, corner to corner again, and just so forth. And then put that in the larger bag that has the herbs in it. I think that's a good mm-hmm. way to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, the herbs that are used for dream pillows are vary from culture to culture. And mm-hmm. I'd like to mention a few that I would put in such a pillow. First of all, hops. Um, hops is always in every dream pillow I've ever heard of. I've never heard of someone who says no hops in this one. Um, hops is used to flavor beer, but it's also used to keep away nightmares and to have good dreams and also good dreams mm-hmm. of wealth. Um, mugwort is, of course, used for dreams, and so is um, wormwood, and um, which or any of the artemisias from which absinthe is made, or um, a southern wood. Oh, there's so many of different artemisias. Those can all be used that way. And the other um, lavender is sometimes used for dream pillows, very common. Uh, do you have any to add, uh, Conjurman? I'm a big fan of anise, uh, which is very good. It, yes. I should point out that a lot of the psychic herbs often are also used in dream work as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to kind of develop your psychic skill or psychic ability is to first increase your ability to dream. So if anyone's interested in becoming a better reader, becoming a better psychic, or having any type of sort of clairvoyance, dream pillows are great in that regard. The more you connect with your dreams, the more you develop your ability to read dreams, the more you develop your ability to actually have those dreams through dream pillows or working with these herbs like mugwort, like hops, or anise, uh, or you build a, a, this fantastic pillow that Miss Elvira has mentioned, the better your psychic ability will be as well. So don't be surprised if as your dreaming ability increases, so too will your intuition increase as well. Yeah, and I'm also going to mention star anise as well as regular mm-hmm. anise. They are not yeah. related. Star anise is in no. the magnolia family, anise is in the celery family, but they smell somewhat similar. But with star anise, you can't put the whole pot in a dream pillow. It's too big and rough. So what you do is you take the little seeds out of the pot, out of the star, and those are wonderful. They're very shiny. Um, star anise is also used against the evil eye uh, because mm-hmm. each little portion of the star, which is a random number of, of little eye-shaped pieces with a little seed in them. It's like a little mm-hmm. bean that's opened up, but it's like this little weird star. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. If you don't, you don't. But those are used against the evil eye because they look mm-hmm. like little eyes. Mm-hmm. And, or if you do, or if you do put in the the whole star, uh, I have done it in a dream pillow. You just put one, not the entire, like a dozen of them, and then you pack it full of lavender, so that it's surrounded by the softness oh, nice. of the lavender. But just be aware that, as Miss Cat has noted, it is a it's hard. So if you yeah, pack like the, the little pillow, like the stones yes. are too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so you want to make sure you pack it with uh, with lavender. Yeah, I'm going to say, and hops is very fluffy, and hops makes a great dream pillow because it's so fluffy. And again, with dream pillows, these are very personal because it also has to do with your own sense of smell. If smelling lavender wakes you up and you just go, what was that? It's too sharp. Don't use lavender. If mugwort makes you feel like you're getting an asthma attack, which some people it does do that, don't use it. So there are always substitutions 
from different cultures that will work for you. I personally come from a family that uh, has a long tradition of dealing in hops, and so for me, hops is my favorite go-to. Um, that and star anise. Mm, star anise is good, yeah. Yeah. So there is our beautiful free spell. Thank you, Elvira. All right, now Clifford's going to read us our end announcements, and at the end of that, we're going to come back and maybe talk a little bit and say goodbye, each in our own private, special way. So take it away, Clifford. Thank you, Miss Pat and Conjurman, and thank you, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com and Arkansas for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Madame Nadia of MadameNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, bringing us the topic of promotions and publicities for the modern mage. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. Thanks for joining our little team here. Thank you, Elvira, for being our guest and bringing us some wonderful information on dream interpretation. Thank you, Conjurman, for your wonderful idea to do these oracle hours. And remember, um, next week we're going to be on the... I'm going to be on Ramona Scott's radio, Ramona Speaks the Other Truth, Hoodoo Monday with Cat Ironwood. So if you're not a fan of Ramona Scott's radio show and you're missing your um, Cat Ironwood fix, go listen to Ramona Speaks the Other Truth. It's a great show, and I really enjoy being on it. I'll be recording it with her uh, tomorrow. And um, also, promotion and publicity for The Modern Mage with Madam Nadia. All you guys who are in the chat or listen to this show who want to become professionals, this is mm-hmm. where we talk about how far can your charisma take you, and when do you need to learn about business? And it's going to be a very, very interesting show, so we look forward to that. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.